0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Elevating the Word, with Dean Carwell Ministries. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before.
1: Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. We're glad that you have decided to join us. Um, A little bit different announcements this week. Uh, There's been several people who have asked and have emailed in, who have called in, and uh, wondering how they can give uh, towards the podcast, how they can give towards Brother Dean's ministry. Uh, And we're happy to say that uh, we've got a a few options. And I will put uh, those options down in the link. So when you click on this episode, there's, there will be this th- thing called show notes. And down there will be the uh, Venmo and the cash app, which is where you can go and uh, give towards the ministry. Or if you just want to give the old school way through the mail and send a check or what, however you want to do it, you can send it to P.O. Box 126, London, Arkansas, 72847. Um, and so... That's that. So we have Venmo, Cash App, and then also Snail Mail if that's the way you want to do it. Um, and then don't forget the email address, word at outlook.com. We've got a good response on that. A lot of topics coming in, a lot of questions, a lot of just encouragement to keep on going and, and keep recording. So uh, we're not going to worry about the rest of it. So last week, because we're in our Holy Spirit series. We did part 1 last week on who the Holy Spirit is and covered that. This week we're covering what he does. And so, Brother Caldwell, won't you tell us about that?
0: Well, Rob, we're going to begin uh today because you know, uh Israel, the Hebrew people, they uh performed a lot of water baptism in their time as a uh, purification rite mm. or consecration. And so the first spirit baptism that is mentioned in the scriptures in Matthew chapter three and verse 11, where John is baptizing people. Yes. And they're coming out of everywhere because he says that to be baptized of him in Jordan. And the reason they were being baptized, water baptized by John in the river Jordan, confessing their sins as they were turning From Judeoism and accepting Christ, or was moving toward Christianity because John was teaching there's one coming after me that's mightier than I. And he says this in verse 11, John chapter 3, in verse 11, I indeed baptize you in water and repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He, shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Yeah, And uh, so this is the first mention of this in the word of God as baptism in uh, of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is where it actually, the message begins to unfold in the New Testament. But it has roots mm-hmm. all the way back in the book of Genesis. And, you know, people that have heard me preach for years, I am a Genesis fan because Genesis is called the book of beginnings. I don't believe there is a subject in the scripture that does not have roots in the book of Genesis. Yeah, And so we're going to go back to Genesis chapter number 11 and uh, point some things out here that transpired and that took place in the book of Genesis beginning in chapter 11. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deep with this today because uh, the depth of this is actually the foundation yeah. of what we're going to be talking about here. Uh, as as we begin this, uh, if, if you're if you've got a Bible or you're getting a Bible, and uh, get it ready and get it handy because, as I often say, uh, the Scripture will settle any argument or any confusion. God's Word will settle it. When we start passing opinions, you're going to have confusion yeah. because everybody's got an opinion. But when it comes to the word of God. Now, chapter 11 is where we're going to talk. It was the building of the Tower of Babel. But let me go back even farther than that and bring this thing through for our understanding. And that is this, in Genesis chapter three and verse number 15, he said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, His heel shall bruise its head and its head shall bruise his heel. Now God is making this statement to the devil. This is after the fall. This is the first announcement in the scripture concerning the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. God has made an announcement to the world, the entire world that there is a Christ coming. Now, Uh, I've preached this for years and everybody that heard me preach probably has already got this information, but just in case there's someone listening today that does not see the virgin birth in verse 15, let me point it out there. God said, I will put enmity, enmity is hatred. I will put enmity between thee, between the devil and the woman and between thy seed and her seed The woman does not carry the seed, she carries the egg. So here is the first prophecy in the scripture concerning the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And and maybe, Rob, one day we're going to go deep into Mm -hmm. that verse of scripture there. But God made announcement to the world that there was a Christ coming into the world. And this Christ that's coming into the world could not come into the world just through sinful man. And yeah. There had to be a covenant. There had to be a promise. Mm-hmm. It had to be a God making. Now, when you get to chapter 11, everybody that is mentioned in the scripture there was all Gentile. The Hebrew nation had not been formed at that time. So when you get to chapter Number 11, and I'm just going to tie all of this together today. Chapter 11, verse 1 said, The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Wow. The entire world at that point spoke one language, one speech. They were all Gentile. And the scripture said that uh, the Lord came down. And he looked at this uh, particular situation and uh, the people had come together in one mind. They were in one mind and in one accord. And they said in verse four, I'm in verse four, Genesis 11, go let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach the heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the word said in verse 6, after God had visited them, after they started building this tower, the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. They, they They have all one language. And they begin to do this, and nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined. All right. So he said in verse 7, let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Now then, this was a miraculous phenomenon here. The whole earth was one language, one speech. Everybody spoke the same language. But here's what I want to point out. At this particular time, they were all with one mind, and in one accord, does that ring a bell Yeah. for the outpouring of the spirit of God? Because it has roots right here. And we'll put this together as we go. Just want to top that down. But now then, when you go to chapter 12, after God had confused in chapter 11, the language of mankind, and they got up one morning and everybody is speaking different languages utter confusion. They could not understand each other, so they could not keep building it, and they just scattered abroad. What they did not want to do, God moved with his power and scattered them abroad in the world. Now, what happened there is this. God left those people up to their own self, their own governing I mean, he just scattered them abroad. They were Gentiles. Keep in mind, yeah. they were all Gentiles. Now, when you get to chapter 12, God has spoken to Abraham, and he said in verse 2, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you're going to be a blessing. Then verse number 3, he said, I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you. And in you... Shall all the families of the earth be blessed? God began to speak to Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of a nation that does not exist at this time. There was no Hebrew nation before Abraham. There was no Hebrew nation at all before Abraham. And God spoke to him and said, I am going to raise a nation up. By you, so Christ can be born into this world. Mm. Remember chapter three of Genesis? Yeah. I'm gonna have a, a Christ, he's gonna come, he'll bruise your head, you'll bruise his heel, and and but of the seed of woman, woman does not carry the seed, she carries the yeah. egg. So this is the virgin birth that he spoke about. So God has revealed to Abraham his ultimate plan of creating a nation. Now, some of you may that are listening right now, you're wondering, well, why and how could the Holy Spirit be involved in all of this? Well, I, I'm going to bring this together. Uh, Scattering abroad all the nations of the earth that existed at that time. I mean, God just scattered them abroad, but he spoke to Abraham and said, separate yourself from your kindred, from your family, and go into a land that I'm going to show you and I'm going to give you that land as a heritage and inheritance to your people. Mm -hmm. And you know the story. Abraham received the covenant of circumcision to start the nation of the Hebrew people. Now, everyone that's listening understands what circumcision is, and what what it what it requires, but biblically, it was removing the flesh, yeah. so the seed would not pass through the flesh. Hmm. Now, Ishmael was conceived before Abraham was circumcised, and that makes him a child of the flesh. Yeah. But Isaac was not conceived until after Abraham was circumcised. And that makes him a child of promise. And every time the seed went from one generation to another, it went through the covenant. It came through the covenant. So God ordained the Hebrew nation of people. Mm, they, were, cool. they were to rise up and to bring a Christ into this world and God would separate them as a holy people. Mm-hmm. They were given the word of God as in the form of commandments. They were given prophets and they were given the order of this. And and when you read in the in the Old Testament, most of the Gentiles were godless.
1: Yeah.
0: They, they, they didn't recognize God at all. And it goes back to the Tower of Babel. Because God just simply scattered them abroad because of their rebellious nature against God. And, God. and God's already come through the flood, Noah's flood, and had to destroy the earth for, the, for about the same reason. Yeah. And now then the earth is repopulated and man's doing it again. So God said, I'll raise my own people. I will set them aside to be holy. I'm going to set them aside to bring a Christ into this world. So Abraham was used by God to start the Hebrew nation. And as the Hebrew nation began to multiply, then God used Jacob. Mm -hmm. And out of the sons of Jacob, God chose the tribe. Now, in Genesis 3, he made an announcement to the world. Genesis 12, he started the Hebrew nation. And then when you get to the story of Jacob, God chose the tribe of Judah, one of Jacob's sons. God chose the tribe of Judah. Out of all the sons of Jacob, the sons of Jacob that Jacob had, God picked the tribe of Judah or through Judah that Christ was going to come into the world through. Then you follow it on. And out of the tribe, God chose the family, yeah. the root of Jesse, the seed of David. And then later on, God chose the parents, mm. Mary and Joseph, and brought Christ into this world. And and all, I know we're just kindly highlighting this, but yeah. there is some wonderful teaching in all of this of how God brought the nation together. Now then, Israel was given the opportunity and they brought Christ into the world. The gospel was given to them first. Paul makes that known in the book of Romans and that the the Jews, through the Jews, the gospel came. Through the Jewish people, the Hebrew nation, Christ came into this world. But when Christ got here, they denied him as being the Son of God, as being the Savior of the world. Yeah. They denied him. And when they denied him, Jesus sat on Mount Olive and made this statement, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, mm. how oft would I have gathered you together as a hen doth gather her chickens and her wings, but you would not. And yeah. then he follows it up and said, for this cause I leave unto you your house Desolate now, Rob. When the Holy Spirit was sent from heaven down to this earth, He came here from heaven down to this earth to to draw men to salvation. That was the whole point to draw them. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Let me think here. In John chapter six and verse forty-four, Jesus said, "No man can come unto me except my Father." that sent me draw him. Well, we, we know what Jesus said, and I, I think we used these scripture last week, but it will fit so well here. Yeah. In St. John chapter 14, and uh, or chapter 16, rather, in verse seven beginning, St. John 16, verse seven, Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away for if I go not away, the comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Mm. And when he is come, now watch this, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And he said, or verse 10, he said, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. But then he said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But how beeth when he, the mm. Spirit of truth. Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of truth there. When the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Now watch this. He shall not speak of himself. Yeah. But whatsoever shall hear, that shall he speak. When the Holy Spirit come, he didn't come to build him a kingdom. Yeah, He come to point us to Christ. We are pointed to Christ by the drawing of the Spirit of God. Now then, let me make a statement here that many people balk at, but it's a truth just the same. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, Through a prayer of repentance, confessing him with your mouth, believing on him with your heart, a change is made. Yes, But how it's made is the Holy Spirit introduces Jesus to you through the spirit world Mm -hmm. and by the means of the spirit. Now, I've heard a lot of Pentecostals make this statement when folks said, well, I got the Holy Spirit whenever I got saved. The truth of the matter is they did receive a Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ into your heart and your life, you receive him to the Spirit, and that's about as holy as you're going to find
1: Yeah,
0: a Holy Spirit. But then the Word of God talks about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Yeah, and we're going to you, talk about just that.
1: To refer, I think you said Pentecostals earlier say this about this, but I think you probably meant people, sensationists that believe, they had the Holy Spirit, but they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yeah. the way we see that, just so people are clear yes, that there's people outside of a continuationist, Pentecostal, charismatic background who said, I received the Holy Spirit at salvation and most charismatics would rebuttal that and say that they didn't. But yeah. the truth is, is that you can't come to Christ unless the Holy the spirit, spirit draws you. So that's I just want to right. clear that up. I well, may have, I may have heard that wrong, no, but I thank know you. If you said thank that right.
0: you. Because that's the truth. Yes. You receive Christ through the spirit. Yes. But then there is a baptism mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit that the Bible speaks to us about. Yeah. Concerning the word of God and and, and and we'll get into that in just a moment of time, and and uh, uh, following it through the scripture. But now then, whenever Jesus died and went back into heaven, then heaven sent the Holy Spirit back down to this earth. And in John chapter number twenty, uh, there's some <laughs> powerful scriptures there. That that uh, in John twenty and verse twenty two. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, they were in a room there. And the Bible said, he's, and when he had said this, and here's what he said, peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. But verse 22, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Yeah. He's talking to his disciples there yeah receive ye the holy ghost now this rob may seem uh, seem like a little gory and uh with not much coof to it but it's a fact uh you breathe in air in your lungs and then your lungs expel the air out which releases the carbon monoxide that's yeah. in your yeah, lungs
1: you said that on the, the last episode yes. yeah
0: and, and when jesus said he breathed on them mm-hmm. They were breathing in the air that Jesus breathed out. Yeah. And then he told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Mm -hmm. From the time that Jesus ascended into heaven to the day of Pentecost. Now, let me clarify this. The day of Pentecost was not an experience. It was a feast. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus was crucified around the Feast of Passover. Fifty days later, they celebrated the Feast of Pentecost, which is the Feast of First Fruits. And so what happened, the Jews would come from everywhere. The Hebrew Mm -hmm. people would come from everywhere. I probably should use the word Jew here because Jew is religion. Hebrew is a nationality. So the Jews would come. Mm-hmm. And they would come uh, to Jerusalem and different uh, uh, walks uh, distance away, and they would come there for the Feast of Pentecost. And when they did, uh, the priest would go down to the edge of the city, there outside of the city in the barley fields, and gather barley, and they would bring it in and make a uh, flour substance and make a cake. Make the cake and give God the first fruits before they gathered the crops. Mm-hmm. And this is what the Feast of Pentecost was. 50 days from the Feast of Passover until the Feast of Pentecost. Now then, Jesus walked on this earth 40 days after he had ascended out of the tomb and then he went into heaven. So 50 days from the Feast of Passover to Uh, the Feast of Pentecost, and Jesus walked here 40 days, that meant they tarried 10 days,
1: Hmm.
0: 10 days in the upper room. And let me just show you something that's ironic about this. Whenever, why the 10 days? I don't know whether uh, you could give a full explanation of just the 10 days, but There's a lot of symbolism here. Mm -hmm. Jesus walked on this earth 40 days. That's in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 3. And uh, Mm -hmm. he walked here 40 days, which is symbolism of birthing the church because it takes 40 weeks from conception to the birth of a child. Mm -hmm. Moses fasted 40 days and the Ten Commandments was birthed. Elijah fasted 40 days and a double portion was birthed. And Jesus walked on this earth 40 days and a church was birthed out of his teaching, the Mm -hmm. 40 days of teaching and proving about his resurrection. A church with such durability and such power. But here's something that's amazing. Whenever Jesus was in the upper room or, or, or appeared, I shouldn't say upper room there, but he appeared to the disciples that were there and breathed on them, the Bible said at verse 24 of John chapter 20 Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with the men when Jesus came. Now then, Judas had defected. Thomas was not available when Jesus breathed on them in the upper room. That just left 10 disciples left, hmm. just 10. 10 disciples were there in that room when Jesus appeared. It's ironic that they tarried 10 days. They tarried 10 days. Boy, I could preach on that, but I'm not going to go into that. But yeah. but Jesus breathed on them. And then in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, when the feast of Pentecost that day was fully come, 50 days, from the Feast of Passover to the Feast of Pentecost. The Bible said they were all with one accord in one place, Acts 2 and 1. That matches Genesis 11 and 6 mm-hmm. when God scattered the Gentiles all over this world in the languages all the languages. Now let me which, show you.
1: Which gives an even greater insight to why unity is important among believers. Oh, goodness. And what can yes. be accomplished if we would just.
0: Unify. unify. Yeah. Our thought pattern, our yeah. prayer life, our spirit of love. Yeah. All of that. And that's unified. why the devil works so hard to, yes. to separate us. And suddenly in verse two, there came a sound from heaven. Now this is on the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Now because the experience came on the day of Pentecost, it picked up the name, the Pentecostal experience, Mm. but it was actually a feast. Yes. And said, uh, it filled all the house where they were setting. Yeah. (laughs) A little little pun here, (laughs) a little fun. I remember preaching one time in a camp meeting, and before I got the pulpit that night, there was a young guy, and uh, boy, he had the people standing up, and there was a large crowd there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he was so emphasizing the fact of standing and worshiping God, and and he'd really got in himself, and he was criticizing those that didn't stand. But he was in his twenties, yeah. And uh, some of us old guys around there, if you stand a full hour. Uh, you know, you're ready to weary. set out. Yeah. And uh, boy, he was really hammering that standing and worshiping God, and you're not reverent. Damn. And when they turned the pulpit to me, I just walked up there and I said, I don't know if you've read verse 2 of Acts chapter 2, but when the outpouring of the Spirit fell, they were sitting
1: mm-hmm.
0: in an upper room. And uh, that guy just dropped his head, and after a service, he came to me and I said, brother I wasn't trying to embarrass you but one of the greatest lessons you'll ever learn yeah is when you're called out yeah and I said when you reach 60 and 70 years old you're going to understand setting is as important as standing yeah. is yeah you're well going to understand that
1: yeah and, and people need to see that 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 you know that was correction but you were using the word to correct it. yes that's that's how you correct
0: it is and uh there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire and said on each of them they were all begin to speak. And They all was filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, here's what I want to point out. In verse 5, he said, There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Wow. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in their own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Now, look at the languages that it identifies here. Verse 9. Arthenians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, the Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, about Cyrene, strangers, Rome, Jews, proselytes, creeds, and Arabians. We do hear them all speak in our tongue the wonderful works of God. Mm. Here's what I want to point out. In Genesis 11, God scattered languages all over the world and he built him a nation to bring Christ. But when Christ came and done his work, on the day that the outpouring of the Spirit of God came, Mm -hmm. God brought those languages back together. Mm -hmm. And here's the amazing part about it. Peter preached a message. He's a Galilean. They considered him ignorant and unlearned. He probably only knew one language. But he preached a message in all the languages here that's mentioned because 3,000 people came to the Lord and he didn't even have an interpreter. Mm. The power of the baptism and the Holy Ghost moved to the point that Peter's language was translated in the ears and the heart of every person there to hear the message of Christ without a translator to even translate the messages. How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? And then he said that they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said these men are full of new wine. But here's what he said in verse 11. We do hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful works Hmm. of God. There was a praise meeting taking place there under the influence and the power of the Holy Ghost to such a degree that there was no interpreter there. These languages needed. It was the power, the sovereign power of the Spirit of God that had moved. So everything has roots in Genesis. Yes. So now then, whenever you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are born again. But then when you find a... A, the scripture begins to open up. Well, let's go to Acts 9. Before you move on, so
1: so John 20, verse 22, when he said, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Was that salvation?
0: Uh, many people, many theologians say that was, uh, receiving the Spirit of Christ With, through breath. Yeah. Because it goes back and, you know, it just take so much time because yeah
1: that's fine i was just i was just curious about it because i mean i figured that's what you were correlating it with but Mm -hmm. and then because acts two and eight is very clear that it's they were filled yes with the infilling the indwelling of the holy ghost and jesus breathed upon them almost you know anyway and there was
0: 120 there at that setting there was not 120 in the in the room where Jesus breathed on them. Yeah, yeah. So these people, the 120, had to be knowledgeable of Christ Mm -hmm. and let him be Lord of their life. Gotcha. Uh, You know, but if you talked about the breath of God, that goes back to Genesis as well, 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man the dust of ground and breathed Mm -hmm. into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Uh, the breath of God, Jesus breathed mm-hmm. on them. And, oh, goodness, they're just so much detailed yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't want to derail through, there by any, through, through, any means. Through the word of God. But that is a valid question and yeah. a, a valid point there to be made. But when you get to Acts chapter 9 and uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, who was uh, – Uh, Saul at the time and he had such a bad name I mean he had such a bad name he'd kill people yeah if he caught you worshiping Jesus Christ he imprisoned you took you back to Rome and he was instrumental in hundreds of people dying for the cause of Christ but in chapter 9 of the book of Acts on his way to Damascus the Bible said a light shone around about him and he fell to the ground. And, it, and the first words out of his mouth, he heard a voice and he said, uh, who are you? Uh, what do you want me to do? And, and the Lord said to him, rise, in verse six, rise, go into the city and it shall be told you what, what you must do. So here is a man that had accepted Christ on the road to Damascus by divine intervention. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost sure it had to be divine intervention because I doubt seriously if anyone's going to be led to witness to him. Yeah, But I do believe that Stephen had a bearing on his life because the Apostle Paul was present at the death of Stephen in Acts chapter number 7. And verse 58, when they were stoning Stephen to death, it said, and the witnesses laid their clothes down at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Mm-hmm. He was there yeah. at the stoning of Stephen. But when Stephen just mm-hmm. cried out in his dying moment, I see Jesus yeah. standing at the right hand of the Father that had to make an impression on this man yeah. because when the light shone around about him to the point, the brightness of it, that it blinded him for three days, he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Mm-hmm. And Jesus just simply said to him, let me just put this in my own language here. Yeah. You're fighting against me, boy. Mm-hmm. You're fighting against me. And so he went on in to the the city of Damascus, and there was a prophet there by the name of Ananias, and in Ananias' prayer time, the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, there's a man in the street called straight by the name of Saul of Tarsus. He's seen in a vision. He saw you in verse 12, Coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now, Paul was blind, or Saul of Tarsus was blind. He had to be led on into Damascus. But look at verse 17. Ananias went his way. And by the way, there was a little bit of discretion here Mm -hmm. when Ananias talked to God. God, I've heard by many what this man can do. Yeah. But the Lord said, you go on anyway. Ananias went and entered the house and put his hand on him. He said, brother Saul. Hmm. Now the early church didn't just slang those words around. Yeah, You had to be acknowledged that you were a follower of Christ to receive that salutation. Yeah. Brother Saul. And the word said, he laid his hands on him and he received the Holy Ghost, which he had been saved but now he is moving in a deeper realm. He is yielding to an outward expression of what was birthed in him by the spirit of God at salvation. I'm trying to make Mm -hmm. this as easy as I know how to make it. The spirit was there through salvation, but he responded to the spirit that was in him And he responded to it to a yielding, an unconditional yielding that was greater and to a greater point that he had ever been in before, and he's a new convert. Mm -hmm. Now, let's follow this on, chapter 10. Chapter 10 is a story about a man by the name of Cornelius. And he said in verse 2, 10 and 2, a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house, gave much alms and prayed to God always, here's a Christian man. And God said, send to Joppa and get Peter and let him explain to you something of a deeper walk, a deeper experience than what you have and to teach you how to yield to what has been birthed in you by the Spirit of God. So they sent down and brought Peter back, and and the Bible said in verse 44, while Peter yet spake the words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard, and they of the circumcision believed with astonishment which came with Peter because the on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost in verse 46. And they heard them speak in tongues, magnify God. They were saved. But Peter explained to them, yield, yield Mm. to what's been birthed inside of you. Let it flow like a river. The problem that we have a lot of times, Rob is, we want to control everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want to control everything, but this is something that is a God thing and it goes beyond our control. Yeah. It's, it's a point. If you're going to have this, you've got to get past you Mm -hmm. and say, God, I trust you with everything I have.
1: No, that's a good point to bring up because people who aren't brought up in this type of, um, mindset teaching, um, I, like, like I was, I was not brought up in a charismatic world. I wasn't brought up in a, a continuationist thought. Uh, I mean, our, our church was called Trinity, but I mean, well, I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit, you know.
0: Sure.
1: Um, and so there's a lot that in my walk with God and in my yielding, it took me a lot longer than most because I had to get out of this stinking thinking in my head. Sure. Overcoming this mind thing. Just because I wasn't I wasn't yielding properly, Um, but but also early on I saw a lot of things, but nobody took time to explain anything to me. Mm -hmm. So I saw these things, and I was hungry for more of God. I was hungry to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I was not receiving the the teaching and the knowledge of it. And I know we get so wrapped up in it and this is how it's going to be done. This is, you know, yada, yada, yada. And you really just, when it comes to that, you just have to yield like you're talking about. It's
0: birthed in your salvation. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the spirit of God in you, Mm -hmm. but it's an unconditional yielding Mm -hmm. to a point that moves you in a realm with God that you can only get to by yielding to God. Absolutely. In chapter 19, the book of Acts Paul has come to Ephesus in verse two. He's finding uh, disciples or verse one. He's finding (laughs) disciples in Ephesus verse two. He said unto them, have you received the Holy ghost since you believed they were believers. Yeah. And they said, we've not so much as heard but there be a Holy ghost and skip on down to verse six. And you, you guys out there, you read the rest of this for yourself. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy ghost fell on that They spoke with tongues and prophesied. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the power of this anointing that moved so powerfully. Now, and and sometimes we build walls up against this. Uh, Rob, I'm going to move up to something here that I think think needs clarification. And um, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. And verse 9, or verse 8, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that Mm -hmm. which is in part shall be done away. I've had people use this verse many times to me. It says there, all of this is done away with. And I asked them, well, what about knowledge? Yeah. What about knowledge? It's in the same verse. Mm-hmm. The word prophecy there is referring to preaching. Yeah. It, it wasn't done away with. It's mm-hmm. something for us to receive power mm-hmm. against the powers of darkness and the powers of the enemy, yeah. because the word said in Acts one and eight, you shall receive power after mm-hmm. that the Holy Ghost come upon you, shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the utmost parts of the earth. So you that are listening out there, this is a unconditional yielding, where God, you just use me, do whatever. I'm so hungry, I want to move in a deeper realm. And then because it comes on the inside, yeah. it comes on the inside because it's birthed in you, it's salvation. Yeah. And you're going to hear these voices and syllables and words. It's there. Mm-hmm. And the unconditional yielding is when you open up and just say, God, I don't care what it sounds like and who thinks what I want to be yielded to God. Yes. I want God to use me powerfully. And I want to be yielded to God. And so you open your mind, you open your spirit and by opening your mind and your spirit, you allow the spirit of God to flow through you with liberty. Yeah. Liberty. Yeah. Uh, Rob, I, I, I think, uh, our, our next session, we're going to uh, talk about also, uh, how important it is, uh, well, you know, I just felt a check in my spirit there. Well, preacher, why is this necessary? What good does it do? Let me just put one emphasis on yeah, this. Yeah, let's
1: do that, and then, um, well, then we can we can end it there, and then pick it back up on it on the next okay. episode. And let's do like the baptism, and and because I think that's kind of what you're trying to get into yes. and go, but we're kind of running out of time right now. So let's do that. Let's let's kind of end it. Kind of right there give your final thoughts on okay. that and then this next then the next episode we can actually allow you to give more time and to go into details yes. things and explain things.
0: I get this question a lot, but what good is it? I want to show you one powerful scripture and there's many Romans 8 and 26, the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 26 Likewise the spirit helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we are. Ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you learn to yield unconditionally to God and the Holy Spirit can come through you and pray through you, Mm -hmm. the Word says when you don't know how to pray for a situation, when you don't know how to pray, when you're lost for words, you're lost for thoughts, this gift of the holy spirit can pray through you and get the job done yeah by the power of the spirit of god so we'll stop right there yeah and take this up at another time
1: absolutely well thank you guys for uh joining uh, again just to reiterate reiterate some things uh if you're interested in uh, just blessing this podcast, blessing Brother Dean's ministry. We have some avenues now for that uh, through Venmo and through Cash App and also through the P.O. Box, 126 London, Arkansas, 72847. But all that will be down in the comments and will be down in the show notes. All you got to do is click on it uh, and look down, and it should take you right there. Um, but Brother Dean, uh, won't you just pray us out?
0: Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for the power of the Spirit of God. And I pray, Lord, that this podcast, this word today, will stir up a river in somebody's life, somebody that's living in discouragement, somebody that is in despondence. They need the uplifting and the undergirding of the Spirit of God. Move powerfully on them, in them, and through them, I pray. In Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining the podcast today. We hope that it encouraged you in a great way. We encourage you to go to Dean Caldwell Ministries' page and like and follow. We will be posting videos, dates, and places, and updating our broadcast from time to time. Thank you for joining and have a great day.